Do you know Do you know what it's called? The like liquid inside your skull, between your brain and your skull. Do you have that? You ready to go? You got. Do I don't. You? Know. I don't. Do, no, I don't. Oh, okay. But you know what I'm talking about. You know that stuff. You want me to hey Siri it? Yeah, go for it. Hey Siri, what's that liquid in your brain case? Okay, I found this on the web for what's the liquid in your brain case. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Word up. Hydrocephalus. Cephal- cephalus. Hydrocephalus? No, that looks like a... It says symptoms. I don't think that's what it's called. <laughs> Maybe you're not supposed to have any. Liquid in your... Skull? Skull. That keeps the brain safe. It's called cerebrospinal. Cerebrospinal fluid. Ah, okay. Well, I feel like my cerebro... I feel like my, my cerebro's off. I feel like my cerebro, my Professor X cerebro, is made out of mud. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been smoking. I've been drinking a lot less caffeine. So this podcast is going to be bad. So no, it's not. Because uh, I'm an all-star. Okay. I'm going to carry the team. Son of the bench, boy. Yesterday I got very mad about tie-dye, so I'm going to be getting mad about stuff on this one. Why tie-dye? I don't know. It's just ugly. It's coming back. I saw someone wearing one. I saw two at the place I work. There's a lot where I work. We got a lot of time. Is it like a skater thing right now? Is it coming back with a skater? I, th- I think it's people who do drugs things. <laughs> I mean, I think it always has been, but um, I just see a lot of people wearing tie-dye. Yeah. Hoodies, specifically, or sweatpants. And I just, I hate it. I, it's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. I have no real life anything because uh, my wisdom was just stolen from me by a dentist. And uh, that hurt a lot. And I'm also a very cautious person. And so they were like, you're really going to want to take it easy for like the first week. I took it easy. Yeah. So I haven't really left the house. Uh, my mouth's very much so um, healed up pretty well. A little bit of pain over here. Pop and I, I, ibuprofen. I think it's supposed to be boo. Ibuprofen? I, I believe so. Where are you getting this information from? Like the pronunciation thing next to it on like the sheets that I <laughs> Okay but uh anyways yeah so i still have a little bit of residual pain over here kind of a thing hopefully it's not nerve damage there was like a shot that i got over on this side to like numb everything up that like created this like lightning-esque fucking wave of pain Mm. on the left side of my face and i I looked at the dentist and i went oh and he was like i know and i was like "Uh -uh, i don't think you know i don't think that was supposed to happen like that so hopefully it's not nerve damage, but uh, I've been taking ibuprofen or ibuprofen. I'm just going to say ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. You're popping booze. I'm taking booze. I'm popping booze uh, to the point that like my stomach's starting to get upset, which is oh, like no. the big problem is that it's bad for your stomach landing and cause ulcers. But fuck, dude. When, this, when the wave of mutilation comes, it mutilates. And I'm trying to stay on the shore. Yeah, you had the lower deck of the Titanic experience compared to my... <laughs> Top top deck Billy Zane experience getting my wisdom teeth taken out. They put me to sleep. I woke up, my teeth were gone, and they're like, yeah. here's a bunch of very hard drugs. And I was like, sick. At least I got the fuck in a car. I guess. Did you see that movie? I've seen the Titanic. They yeah. fuck in a car. They get steamed. I'm going to get mad about the Titanic if I start thinking about it. I hate that movie. It's dog shit. <laughs> movie news. Oh, yeah, you have movie news for me. Renfield is a movie coming out. Yes. Oh, fuck, I lost it. Ugh, why did I have to, like, dumb brain stroke? Jesus Christ. Is the news for me who's playing Dracula? Because I know that. Well, yeah, that was going to be it. Oh, sorry. But here's part two. I wonder who could be playing Dracula. Nick Cage. Oh. How do you feel about that? I'm pretty stoked about that. 
Let me read this post to you, though. Uh, this is from Universal Studios Monsters. It's an Instagram page I follow. Breaking. Renfield, the... Ready for this? This is the part. The violent comedy reimagining. Comedy? Violent. violent comedy. I know, right? Huh? From the Universal Studios. Now has a release date of April 14th, 2023. About a year from now. Yeah. Directed by Chris McKay. I don't think I know Chris McKay. Uh, I know the name. It sounds familiar, but I also know like Adam McKay. Or isn't that one? Yeah. Isn't that a guy? Hold on. Who is Chris McKay? Is With Chris a script based on an idea by Robert Kirkman. Do I know that name? Robert Kirkman? Yeah. Oh, Robert Kirkman. Yeah. He wrote uh, Invincible and The Walking Dead. Oh, no kidding. Well, he's writing, he's got the script idea. So it's not, it doesn't say that he write, he wrote the script, but he's got the script idea. And it stars Nicholas Holt. H-O-U-L-T? Holt. Holt. Um, fuck, I know who that is too, and I can't picture his face. Well, here's his, pay. Here's his face. He's on the right there. Okay, maybe I don't know who that is. Okay, anyways. Uh, Nicholas Cage's Dracula and Aquafina and Ben Schwartz also co-star. Oh. So, yeah, weird all around. Chris McKay is an animator. He directed the Amazon TVs, or Amazon Primes at the Tomorrow War. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's just a, it's basically a straight-to-DVD <gasps> movie. Oh. Chris Pratt. Is Brent Ben Schwartz the, uh, he's the uh, Lady Foot Locker guy right from parks and rec yes yes and he's, he says something what does he say he says something hey mom i want to come home with you or something like that she's like don't you work at the lady footlocker <laughs> uh he also directed a lego batman movie okay uh, so i mean it could be good maybe we'll find out in a year who would you want to be in your ideal setting new dracula movie it's actually good who plays dracula who plays dracula in my dracula movie and the dracula is actually good I'm going to throw out some honorable mentions as I climb the summit of what is my actual... Uh, first thing that came to mind, honestly, is Christoph Waltz. Okay. Um, But who would be my absolute ideal? I could see the guy who played Shigar in No Country for Old Men. Shigar, Shigar. Which one's Shigar? He's the one that walks around with the fucking thing that kills cows and puts oh, it in people's heads. Oh, the main guy? They're the bad guy, yeah. Benicio Del Toro? Is that his name? Is that Benicio Del Toro? No, it's not. No. Who is it? Uh, no, fuck. He almost Harvey looks like Ar- Adam Driver Javier to me. Javier Bardem. Okay. I get him and Benicio Del Toro mixed up all the time for some reason. Yeah, I could see him doing it okay. a little bit because be he's dope. very yeah, intimidating I think that'd be and it. tall. I think that's it. You think that's you it? You can keep going, but I think that's it. Okay. I'm going to say that then. I'm going to lock that in. Um, And fuck, dude. I want to watch that little Freaks Nosferatu yeah. remake again. Yeah, I was just going to say, the biggest tragedy is that there's already been a Nosferatu movie starring <laughs> Willem Dafoe. Because Willem Dafoe in Robert Eggers' Nosferatu, oh, unbelievable. Can't wait. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think that's my guy. I would say that guy. Uh, let me think of another couple honorable mentions. Those are the first two that came to mind from the rip. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that has to be mine. What about you? I mean, it seems like I hit the nail on the head for yeah, you, but gotta be did you have Bredem. something in mind beforehand? Uh, no, I, I'd say, I think Javier Bardem would be perfect because he, like, I feel like has... He's a little the, alluring, he's sexy. I was going to say, he has, like, a, a, a sexiness to him, but mm-hmm. also it's never, like, a comfortable sexy. I'm always yeah. uneasy. Yeah, he kind of almost, it's not the same at all, but it's, like, kind of similar to, like, the Jack Nicholson thing, where he's, like, yeah. handsome, but he makes you uncomfortable. I just watched Skyfall, and he's the bad guy in that. Yeah. And he's blonde. And his eyebrows are blonde. It's very strange. That sounds not good. He does this big monologue when you first when you first see him like 
And you just see it from, like, you see James Bond's back, and he's tied to a chair in this big warehouse. Yeah. And, like, the camera's focused on James Bond. All the way on the other side of the room, an elevator starts coming down. And you it's just one big, long shot. An elevator starts coming down. It ends, and Javier Bardem comes out. Um... It starts giving a monologue while walking across the entire room just out of focus. Oh, it's so good. Just He's, about how he lived on this island with his grandparents, and there's, like, an infestation of rats. And so they, like, gathered up a bunch of rats and, like, put them in a cage together until they started starving and eating each other until there were two rats left. And he goes, and then we let the rats out because they no longer ate our crops. They had a taste for rats. And he makes a creepy little, like, Hannibal Lecter sound. Oh, it's so good. You've come full circle, because you also mentioned one of the movies we watched this week. But the rats thing. There's the Renfield scene in Dracula where he's like, Rats. Thousands and thousands of rats. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Anyway, uh, we watched Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) Mail time. (laughs) Ah. I'm I'm glad you don't do bits like sometimes they're wet or something. Well, they're actual inks, so they like run and they'd be unreadable. <laughs> All right, this one says "Silence of the Lambs." Lambs is all caps. In the distant year of 2015, 14-year-old Shinji Ikari is summoned to Nerve, a government agency run by his cold and distant father. Shinji is immediately tasked with piloting the unit uh, 001A of a mech to help protect Earth from the ongoing threat of giant monsters known as the Angels. Reluctant to help, Shinji finds himself in the middle of a government conspiracy surrounding Nerve, his father, his friends, and the true nature of the Angels. Can Shinji defeat the Angels and save the Earth, or will he succumb to the mounting pressure of his own personal demons? 10 out of 10 just vibes it was just vibes but also i'm digging it you know it's like one of those things where like uh my favorite time to watch it is like 11 30 at night you know and then i go mm-hmm. into netflix and i go neon genesis evangelion and i'm just laying there and it's like i just wait until i'm like you know what it feels like tsunami time right now and, I watch <laughs> it. Uh, and it's so good you've been watching it i yeah you started watching it because you saw me watching it and you're like this is so sick it makes my stomach hurt which is crazy because yeah i've never been an anime man me neither. I I bought like a little Gundam model kit at Target or Meyer forever ago. Yeah. And I built it and I was like, that was a lot of fun. I'd like to do that again. And I found one of the Evangelion mechs and I was like, I should probably watch the show first. Yeah. And it's just been on my list for forever and then Elton recommended it to me the other mm. day and I had nothing to watch and I was like, nah, screw it. I'll give some anime a try. Love it. Absolutely love it. We talked about it a bit. I don't care much for any of the people really a lot of the story that's going on yeah but it's just just a good good vibe i just love looking at it i love watching it happen i watched the movie i'm done with it you still have a bit to go i started watching the new movies that they made that are like a retelling but they don't look good to me because they're made they're kind of contemporary 
It's just something about 90s anime that just gets me going. Yeah, I have a penchant for that, like, slightly fuzzy, hazy, hand-drawn, like, just, like, unnecessarily detail-oriented Yeah. 90s and late 80s anime style. Like, we just also watched Akira. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. (laughs) Or whenever it does come out. But, uh, yeah, and the same thing. It's just, like, you're looking at it and you're like, what the fuck? Fuck. Yeah, like, my biggest... Yeah, takeaways were like not even the big monsters or the robots it's like there's a scene where somebody's talking to someone in a convenience store and they have like a glass door open and someone's standing on the other side of the glass door and you can see the reflection of the door while the other person's talking to them and then the door shuts and the reflection moves like out of perspective and it's like there's not computers how'd they do that yeah or like there's a big power line in one episode that's on screen that's so detailed and it's on screen for half a second I just it's insane and then the newer ones i was watching were like some of it looks like the iron giant you know because yeah. Iron giant cg and that mm-hmm. and it just felt like that and i'm like oh, i don't like love this at all yeah um i guess when i was a kid i did have a little anime anime experience i was trying to think of another pun like animan but animan's all i got um yeah like i mean i like dragon ball z I don't think that really counts much, though. That's oh, like that's very surface level, though. It is, but like I think it very counts. surface level. And I definitely um, got psyched when like Yu Yu Hakusho was on or like Inuyasha, but I was so young that I don't remember getting any of it. Yeah. But I never really progressed past that. Um, and yeah, it's so weird because like I can track the growth of anime's popularity in Western culture, <laughs> like yeah. on a like yeah, because like I can remember like me not being into it and then all of my younger siblings being super into it and like you know my dad and stuff like that teasing them very lightly for being into it and stuff like that now it's huge it's ubiquitous it's everywhere yeah you know people love anime you know yeah it's not just a sweaty thing to do anymore i mean people who play basketball like anime it's true welcome to 2022 it is also sweaty different kind of sweaty um yeah used to watch like you said dragon ball z as a kid um i mean just anything that came on tsunami at night where i could stay up and be defiant be up past my bedtime i watch television at like volume level one just real close to my tv so my parents couldn't hear and then i remember in like i had like late elementary school me and all my friends got really into naruto and we'd watch like japanese ones we could find online because they were like seasons and seasons ahead and we'd just watch the cool fights and go whoa and we'd all wear the headbands you know nice and like run around did not get into naruto or avatar avatar didn't get me either uh no i never got into avatar either I, I still don't great. think I want to. Yeah, I mean, I just, just look at it and I'm like, I don't like this. This aesthetically. Yeah. And like a big part of anything is like, yeah, the aesthetics matter a little bit too. It's kind of look good to me. Yeah, it's just uh, Avatar just looks boring to me. Yeah, Avatar looks very uh, sterile, and so does Naruto to me personally. It's it's an American anime. Are both of them, or which one? Just Avatar. Avatar. Okay. Naruto is like the oldest. No, no. One Piece is the longest running like manga or something like that of all time. I think it might be the longest running anime. Okay. Speaking out of my ass here. I think it's like like four thousand episodes or something, or a thousand or something. I can't remember how many. It's crazy. Oh yeah, but we'd all wear the headbands and throw rocks at each other. And some kid, we don't know how he got it, but he found like a shuriken, like the sharp little like throwing dagger knife. Oh, we'd throw that at each other. It was bad. It was bad. Welcome to watching anime together, the anime podcast. Yeah. Where we have seen a total of one anime. <laughs> Offshoot of eating soup a lot. Um, but no, we watched Silence of the Lambs the other day. This is oh, a movie I've on, seen. Oh, you ruined the bit. Good cover earlier. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> this one says Silence of the Lambs, but Lambs is not capitalized. And I understand now why because someone had to be able to tell which was which. Yeah. 
from the outside. Yeah. This one is wet. What the fuck? No, I'm kidding. There's a lot of redactions in here. Looks like a government. Okay. Uh, based on the novel of the same name by Thomas Harris, Silence of the Lambs stars Jodie Foster, Ted Levine, Levine? I don't know. And Anthony Hopkins. Uh, is directed by Jonathan Demme. And is overall good. Loud Goats is the story of young FBI trainee Charlie, or sorry, Charlie, Clary Starling, uh, being tasked to help the FBI catch the serial killer known as Buffalo Bill. The FBI is worried because he kills people, steals their skin, and just won't stop. Starling is sent to speak with uh, an imprisoned serial killer and cannibal, Dennis Reynolds, uh, to see if he has any insight on uh, who Buffalo uh, Bill could be. Dennis agrees to help and sends the FBI on a wild goose chase that leads to him wearing someone else's face and escaping to the Bahamas in a big old wig. Also, they catch Buffalo Bill and ruin the song Goodbye Horses for me. 8 out of 10. Goodbye Horses? 10 out of 10 song? That's vibes. Oh, it That's rips. big oh, it vibes. It's so good. God, even just the instrumental. But then on top of it, that little weirdo comes and he's like, Goodbye, horses. And it just fucking, it's a bow on top and a tear rolls down your face. And, it's so oh, good. God. Uh, I'm afraid you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting on this. We mm. watched this. If we watch a movie more than a day ago, I forget most but of it. But it's so weird because like, when we watch it the next day, you're like verbatim every scene. You got it. Yeah. But if it's more than a day, yeah, suddenly just... you're like, I don't got a lot to say. I'm like I think it's crazy. I think Anthony Hopkins was in it. You got you got great short term, short term memory yeah. on lock. Mm-hmm. That shit's popping. I feel like I do have a big object permanence problem. Yeah. If I put my keys down and then turn around, I don't know where my keys are. <laughs> like I'll do that shit all the time. Like I like someone will hand me something at work. Yeah. And then they'll turn around, and look back at me, and they'll be like, "Yeah, where's that thing?" And I'll go, "No, I don't know." Like I said, I've seen this movie a couple of times. Um, one of the biggest things uh, that I want to mention about it is a huge fan of the X-Files. It was hugely influential on the X-Files. I can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah X-Files is like one part this and then one part Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Yeah. Um, and I guess another part like police procedural law and order type situation. Um, and yeah, uh, this movie's uh, one of my favorite uh, horror movies actually. Would you call uh, this a horror movie? Yeah, I mean, they like to call it a thriller, but what's the difference between thriller and horror? It's one of those things like graphic novel, where like it's like a term that I feel like people made up so that they didn't have to like give, so they didn't have to give Academy Awards to horror movies. You okay. know, that's my opinion. I just, at I least. wouldn't say any of this movie is scary as much as it's horrifying though. It's tense. It's definitely horrifying. Yeah, skinning people and wearing their skin and stuff, putting their skin on the face. But it feels that's more horror? like it feels more like a like you said, like a police procedural. Yeah side of it so it's not no it's fair there i think there is a clear distinction there and you're right but i would i would also classify this as being a little horror okay i buy that you're a lot yeah yeah um but yeah i think it's a great film i really do um you know know if it won any awards go ahead i was gonna say you know who else thought it was great the academy yeah uh it won it's one of the only movies to win the big five when it came out Mm -hmm. at the oscars it won best director best actor best actress best picture and best screenplay which again is just one of those things where it becomes a little sad because it's like uh because it's considered a thriller horror movies again just tend to get snubbed you know so and it's just one of those things where like like again like we just had that debate like uh, about how there's a clear distinction between this and something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And it just seems like, it's, in my opinion, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's not like those other ones. It's not like those bad ones. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. Because there's not like a big, there's not that clear of a distinction between like, like bad action movies and good action movies, I guess. 
even though there's all kinds of different little subgenres of what an action movie can be. It can yeah. be westernish or this, that, and the other. But anyways, um, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I don't know what to fucking say about this thing. It's uh, like there's so many. I guess before I say anything, I should ask you. You've never seen this. What's your history with this? Those kinds of things. Uh, I have little to no history with it. Um, just... It's been around though. You got any like yeah, big, I... strong, strong like memories? Like oh, when I think of Silence Lambs, I remember this. No, no I just nothing. I hear about it in pop culture here and there. Yeah, and ever piqued your interest? You ever been like, oh, I gotta see that? Oh yeah, no, it's been on my list for forever. Yeah, um, and I just haven't gotten around to it until now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, not well enough for me to remember five days later. But... <laughs> uh, no, there, there are bits and pieces I could I could pull up if I think about it. It's something I definitely I'm gonna watch again soon. Like yeah. within the next few days, probably. Yeah. Um. I'd like to read the book. Yeah, the book interests me because I feel like one thing I'm going to say that's kind of jumping the gun is that, like, there are a lot of things that I feel like, um, even when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, yep, that's book stuff. You Appar- know what I mean? Apparently, this is all pretty faithful to the book. Yeah, but, like, just, like, little things that, like, there's, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, when you're watching something in a movie and you're like, okay, I'll go along with this, but this definitely feels like something that would be, like, this is book stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Just like little like metaphors that don't really fully work, but when you're engrossed in a book, you're like, oh, this is so important and symbolic. But then you see like a couple of people just doing it, and you're like, oh, okay, that's a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like moths in the throat and stuff because they change, and then you say it out loud, and it's like, well, that's a little on the head. Like, just little things like that, you know? But like when you're reading a book, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a great metaphor. Yeah. yeah it was it, probably like the only thing in this movie for me. It was like, um, what was my it's the moths are like skeet ulrich in the new scream for me <laughs> when they come up i'm like oh right right the moths yeah okay okay yeah, yeah i guess another example too being like his characterization of like he's into those moths for some reason he just he just breeds them he's into exotic like yeah moth breeding or whatever which like i actually had the thought we were watching i was like okay that's like a really interesting trait to give a character in general but also definitely something you do in a book i don't know yeah. screenplay that's something a lot of screenwriters would just leave out yeah, it's definitely it's probably something that's like way more fleshed out in the book of why he does it. Yeah, there's got to be like monologues and like yeah. interior monologues. That but like it looks go on good. Length. It does. It makes a good poster. It does. It makes a great poster. This is one of my favorite posters. This is something that like the poster is something that's stuck with me my entire life. Yeah. I feel like as long as I've had memories, I've seen that around at blockbusters and movie theaters and stuff. Uh, and I've seen a bunch of men tuck their dick between their legs and, buffle, and call <laughs> it buffalo bill um so i'm very familiar would with you that. fuck me i'd fuck me I, i'm very familiar with that line one of the criticisms i see a lot is the whole idea that it's a little transphobic the movie um which is something that i don't necessarily land with just because they they do care enough to mention like no no, no this is a guy who thinks he's trans like he's just out of his mind he yeah. knows something's wrong but he can't figure out what and so that's what anthony hopkins says to clarice at one point she, he's like, he's not an actual transvestite, but he thinks he is. He believes he is. You know, that kind of a thing. That might be so. the biggest thing is you're not allowed to say that word anymore. Oh, the T word. My bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah I, I, yeah, I vaguely remember that stuff. And I, from what I remember, whenever they talk about that, it definitely felt like a very 90s way of talking about mm-hmm. uh, people who are transgendered. Um, and that was uncomfortable. But... I just I'm just thinking about this now. It goes well with the next movie we're talking about because what's his what's his face? Skin wears faces on his face. He wears faces on his face because he's also based on um, Ed Gein. Ed Gein. I think this guy's also Buffalo Bill's also based on Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. I think Bunders. 
walk around with a cast and be like, oh, can you help me in my van for a second? So I think so, yeah. feel bad for him. Yeah. And a third guy who would keep people in a well. I can't remember his name. Hmm. Um, Joe Dirt. Let's Joe Dirt. Shout out that scene. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, does Joe Dirt keep people in a well? But yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, Joe they Dirt. do. They do. Joe the... Dirt ends up in a well. He does. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we gotta watch Joe, Joe Dirt one of these days. <laughs> that and was then, big for me as a kid. I love Joe Dirt. And then we gotta Joe watch Dirt, it. Ace Ventura, and uh, like uh, like Billy Madison or two of yeah. them. Oh no, Tom Tommy Boy, Tommy Ace Boy. Ventura, Tommy Boy, and Joe Dirt were probably the big three for me. Just kids comedies up to like eight. Those go Love downhill those. as you name them by like each one's half as good as the last. <laughs> um, we gotta watch Joder Two as well. I don't know about that one, Jim. Came out on Crackle. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like it's good. Yeah, good. yeah. Um, You're not a big uh, Tommy Boy or Ace Ventura fan. I like both of those. Okay. okay. I meant like Tommy Boy is twice as good as Ace Ventura, which is oh, okay. twice as good as it's probably like four times. Oh, as okay. Good as... I, I didn't even remember what order I listed them in. Um, fun fact for you. Hmm. There's a scene where I think like a bunch of cops are pulling um, Hannibal away from yeah. somewhere. No, they're pulling. I think they're pulling uh, Jodie Foster away from yeah. Hannibal. Yeah, at the end, um, one of the cops, one of the guys pulling her away, George Romero. Oh, that's like interesting. Yeah, you like George Romero. Yeah. Um. So this movie also has some very beautiful scenes, in my opinion. Like there's uh the scene where um. Well, initially, uh, Clarice and her boss um, are talking with some of the sheriffs in that, like, small town or whatever the fuck. It's, like, eight just sheriff dudes and the boss and, and Clarice. And then the boss is like, let's not talk about this in front of a woman. Yeah. And then you get that scene where Clarice is alone with, like, eight men. And uh, this is a movie directed by a man and also a book written by a man or whatever. So, uh, you know, is it the best representation of the female experience? I don't know. But I can say that when I see those scenes, I was like, yeah, you know what? It would be kind of a fucking pickle just a little uncomfortable if you were the only lady in the room i felt a little empathetic but that's not where, exactly where i was going if you'd like to jump up um, interject here but i'm going to the beautiful scene next i promise uh no there's something i noticed in this movie that i've heard other people talk about that i liked again directed by a man written by a man being talked about by a man right now and another man and another man but yeah, it's like they don't ever really beat you over the head with it, and I feel like you might be able to miss it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are a lot of scenes like that where she's just standing in a room with men, or like right at the beginning when she gets in that elevator with all those men that are, I think, like purposely six feet taller than her. Yeah. Um, and also, I think uh, like a decision that they made in this movie is every time someone's talking to her, when you get the reverse shot of them talking to her, they are looking directly into the it's camera. The male gaze. Yeah. And there's all that shit with Hannibal. He's like, "Do you think you're a boss?" Thinks about fucking you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like gross. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting the looking to the camera because it makes you feel the way that I suppose. Again, this is just my empathy talking. It feels a little bit like what it must feel like to be a lady with just everybody looking at you as if you are something to be looked at. You know, you know what would have been really good. Huh. Do you want to make this a good podcast? Huh. If either of us had done any research about like how do women actually feel about Silence of the Lambs? How is this actually? <laughs> Uh, you could use your phone real quick while I go on a little rant. Okay, I like. Uh, I also like a, you know kind of a fuck yeah moment. In my opinion is when she's in the back of the car and the and the, his her boss is like, hey, sorry about that weird sexist business where I told the man to go in another room so we didn't have to talk in front of you like you're a child. And she's like, yeah, you set the standard, uh, kind of a thing. So you know, check yourself, kind of a thing. He's like, oh, you know what? You're right. Sorry. So that was nice for uh, Clarice to school him a little bit and be like, you know, that was rude. 
It's very rude. I don't appreciate being treated like I'm different. Um, but anyways, on the topic of the beautiful, what's wrong? This first thing I read. The film won the Best Picture Oscar 25 years ago. And as both a heart-stopping chiller and a commentary on sexual harassment and the male gaze was miles ahead of its time, writes Nicholas Barber. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the male gaze is a very big thing talking about in like film theory and film criticism, um, for sure. Uh, but again, I just want to shy away from it mainly because of that. I'd just uh, be interesting to see if you could find anything that women have to say about it. I can't fucking I, I, I'm scrolling through and everything's like yeah this is feminism in Silence of the Lambs this is yeah. feminism in Silence of the Lambs and I find this article called The Feminist Failure of Silence of the Lambs and I'm like oh fuck yeah open it up written by Noah Berkowitz I don't know who that is a man is who it is okay well <laughs> so I'm just gonna stray away from that because maybe women don't even give a shit about the Silence of the Lambs which is so cool that's tight but the beautiful scenes so immediately following the scene where she's in that room alone she starts to peek through these two doors at a funeral that's going on and then there's this like sort of like voyeuristic like shaky cam where you're just looking at a couple of people just just being weird it's almost lynching and surreal because of how real it is in a sense and the camera starts slowly like shaky cam down the aisle towards the thing and then eventually after like a minute minute and a half of this happening you get a reverse shot and suddenly clarice is a child and she's walking up to her father's you know bonnie sitting in his casket at his funeral you know and, uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful, striking scene that I think about frequently. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's but. great. Uh, can't find anything. I'll have to do some <laughs> more research later. Uh, but that's one that always gets me. I love that little funeral scene with the shaky cam and the down the aisle and all that. Um, from the rip, though, she's hanging out in the woods. She's uh, training. Then the, their di- her boss is like, hey, yo, got a little situation for you. Go talk to this guy who eats faces. We go meet the guy who eats faces. He used to be a therapist or whatever, psychologist, psychiatrist, all of the above. She talks to him a little bit. They got some chemistry. I like these two. Odd couple. They're like an odd couple. Okay. Are they not like an odd couple? They shouldn't get along, but for some reason you like seeing them talk together? I mean, I, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Is I, For me, watching when I first watch it, it's not so much I'm like, oh, I like the back and forth between these two. But yeah. Watching it, I'm like... I'd like, I'd like Clarice to leave, please. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want these two to be talking to each other anymore. I don't want her to have to yeah. do this. Uh, then she gets sexually assaulted as she leaves. Oh my throws. god, that uh, that's the one part of the movie I absolutely did not forget. Yeah, uh, the entire time we were watching it, <laughs> yeah. um, she gets I think more than sexually assaulted. Like, yeah, I, ugh, I, yeah. She's walking by another guy's cage and he's naked in the fetal position he's like oh my hand i cut my hand and she stops and looks at him and he throws a bunch of too much almost way too much spum into her face i couldn't think of a funny word he throws spank juice a, a handful of just milk man milk no that's probably the worst this is worse okay uh, way worse um the white stuff jizz he throws a bunch of jizz at her um disgusting it's a horrific scene that's horror i think she goes to work without changing her clothes which she cries outside though absolutely i'd cry inside if i were that's one of the that's probably one of the hard hardest to stomach scenes and honestly this movie's full of a couple in my opinion hard to stomach scenes um so the general plot is this the fbi thinks that they can utilize face eater anthony hopkins to find the face eater who's on the loose buffalo bill Excuse me, Clarice slowly realizes because Anthony Hopkins is playing 4D chess that Anthony Hopkins knows Buffalo Bill. 
excuse me, that Buffalo Bill like used to be one of his like uh, patients or whatever the hell. And uh, someone's calling my phone. Can't answer this right now. Knows Buffalo Bill. And meanwhile, Clarice and the FBI are like, uh, you know, trying to gather clues uh, from like the dead bodies they find and like where the dead bodies are because Anthony Hopkins is slowly piecemealing out his information to try to like work little deals. Like, I just want a room with a window kind of a thing. And there's all kinds of little subplots, right? There's like uh, the guy who owns the fucking psychiatrist, the psycho, psycho, psycho asylum, whatever. What are they called? Jail. He owns the jail. Is it a jail? I think is it's it a just jail. a jail. I think he's, he's the just a jail. Maximum security part of a jail. Anyway, so he owns the jail and he like wants all the fame and money and all that kind of stuff, and he wants to be known as the guy who's got the most famous prisoner kind of a thing. He's dressed like Doctor Who in this entire movie. Yeah. Really, like like late 80s doctor who like just the grossest yeah. nobody dresses like that i really hated it and he's say he immediately sexually harasses clarice yeah um and also treats uh, hannibal like a piece of shit uh which i get it he eats faces but also illegal not moral two wrongs don't make a right don't treat this man like that i mean i think he's just rude to him and then um, if someone eats faces i'm gonna be rude to him <laughs> at the very least um Anyways, long story short, there's a point where he gives uh, Clarice a big old bomb, and he does negotiate the ability to be transferred to, like, a new place or whatever, uh, and then he's set in this giant cage that looks like it's in the middle of a basketball gymnasium on, like, the third floor <laughs> yeah, or some, yeah. some building, and that's when he ends up breaking out and eating the guy's face and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, you know, go crazy. You know, it's a huge switcheroo where, like, he cuts the guy's face off and puts it on so he can get back in the in the back of the ambulance. And they think that he's the cop that got murdered, but then he peels his face off and it's him and he kills the two guys driving the ambulance. And uh, then you don't see him again. That might have been my favorite part, maybe my favorite part of the movie because it's, you know, yeah. part of the movie where the rest of it, like I said, through pop culture and whatever. I'm like, okay, I know where this is going. I know what's yeah. happening. But all of that, as soon as he leaves and they're looking for him and he's, like, on top of the elevator, they mm-hmm. think just that stuff. I was like... Oh, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, that stuff was super cool. It's a nice bait and switch. Honestly, I'll, I have to retract it. At some point during our podcast, I think I mentioned that I didn't like that scene because the dude who sprung, strung up on the J, yeah. the J, I watched it on VHS the first time. So like the ribbons behind him, I thought were like all of his like skin opened up as if he were some sort of angel with wings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he had all that time to be doing shit like this. You know, like for some reason that just like clicked in my head is like really like nobody thought like oh where'd those guards go as this dude was slowly turning this man into it but that didn't happen now that we've seen it in high definition uh he's he's just strung up but he did have the time to string him up and then cut which is hard cut another guy's face off put him on top of an elevator in his clothes and then lay there with his face over his face and wait there it is a lot of time. It is a little bit of a jump the shark, but having watched it like a third time now, I like it. It's great. It's a great oh, addition. Like it. it's, it's beautiful. It's a movie. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah. Um, it's something that got me there. I was like, okay, no, he's going to wear one of these guys' faces. <laughs> and then it just didn't get, I was like, okay, I guess he wears a face later. And then when he yeah. pops him in the ambulance, I was like, whoa. Because I, I don't think he'd get away with that. You know who's weird? <laughs> who's weird? The guy who owns the, uh, the, the storage unit that Clarice goes to. You he's like wearing like a fucking top hat or whatever. Is he? Yeah, he is. Swear to God, look it up. And he's like, uh, she's like, can you get your driver to like help me like open up this fucking like garage or whatever? And he's like, mm, my driver doesn't really do physical labor. It's like, who is this fucking Mister Moneybags that you have that owns the fucking? Who's got a driver even? Does he? I don't know. Whatever. So he's some kind of storage unit tycoon, I guess. In my mind, he's a hobo. Ah, like, he has a driver, bro. I, okay, that's a great point. But if anything, in my mind, if he is wearing a top hat, it's, like, open at the top, you know? Yeah. Let me see if I can find this. I'm looking for it. 
I just typed in guy who owns the storage unit in Silence of the Lambs. All the stuff I'm finding is her inside the storage unit already. Can you stream it on your phone and just fast forward to the scene where they go to it? Didn't we have to buy it? Did we? Okay, so we looked it up and we're both right. <laughs> He's wearing a boulder hat, which is kind of close to what Chris said, but he also looks exactly like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> and any real man who looks like a duck looks homeless. So... <laughs> Um, but anyways, there's yeah other horrific stuff that happens. I mean, she finds the head in the jar that's disgusting in the in the. Yeah. But even worse probably is the scene where they're putting that shit underneath their nose so that like, they can't smell the dead body. Obviously, they can still smell the dead body, but when they're doing the autopsy and they're looking at that great big fat lady who they've cut up her back so that he can use the back for like the thing he's making. And it's disgusting, and she's all kinds of you know just mottled or whatever. And then she goes, she takes the thing they find in her throat, the little moth thing, to her friends who remind me of the lone gunman from the X Files. And she kind of gets a little sexually acid again. The cross-eyed guy is like, you ever go out for cheeseburgers? You know, whatever. Yeah, she's like... Everybody's just asking her out all the time. But she's really weirdly comfortable with these guys. She's yeah. Like, Are you asking me out? And in my opinion, the most scary scene, at least the first time I saw it, I watched it in a pitch black, like alone, maybe with my partner. And it felt like it was like six times as long as when we watched it. It's at the end where he cuts all the lights on Clarice, and Buffalo Bill is fucking in the dark like just a foot behind her just like waving the knife like just an inch from her face and she has no idea because it's pitch dark and you get like the seeds planted earlier for because like for no fucking reason he puts on uh night vision goggles in like yeah. the first 30 minutes so like it's when like it happens at the end it's 7 p.m and he's got night vision goggles yeah. on. it's insane so when it happens at the end it wasn't like a jump for me at all but like for elton it was we were watching it with elton and elton was like what the fuck and i was like i i called it out loud i said he's got the night vision goggles yeah no you said that and elton wasn't gonna touch it i was and for the rest of the movie i was like when do these come one of these night vision goggles coming back in when is he splinter selling yeah but then we saw it and it, i feel like it happens for like 30 seconds it's so weird because, like I said in my memory, I remember it going on forever. I mean, be like, that's my fear when I'm walking to the house alone. That's my my fear is, is that there is a man who wears people's skin right behind me with you know, night vision goggles on, and I can't see him. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and I'm probably wrong, but I think night vision goggles are very loud. I, they might be. So yeah. I don't know. Just but so that you- could also be me with like uh, video games and movies. They always go like pew when you like put them on. Yeah, you know. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know. Maybe. Actually, no. What are no, those fucking I've things? I've worn work? a pair of night vision goggles before, and they're not that loud. Never mind. Okay. But uh, but um, but um, but um. Yeah, Buffalo Bill in general very spooky. I mean, yeah, there's that scene where he's got the uh, cast, and he's like, "Can you just help me get this in the van?" And he fucking abducts that girl after like just whacking her head like three times with that cast. Yeah. Then just keeps her in a well for a couple of days. That's awful. When I was in high school, I knew this guy. His name was Gerald. Had a broken arm. And I saw him yeah. getting a fight in the lunchroom, like feet away from me. Yeah. Like throwing chairs and stuff like that. And he had the broken arm and he was just swinging his cast at the other guy. Yeah. And it made the loudest noise when it made contact with the other guy's head. Oof. And like people had just got up and booked it because there's a big fight yeah. going on. And I was just dumbstruck. And I was sitting there like, I think I was eating cereal. And I was just like this. Just like, watching him hit this kid in the head with his cast. And I was like. Like real oh life my. Twitter. I was like, oh my god until the teacher literally came up and grabbed me by the arm and pulled me away i was like oh i'm sorry i was, I was dumbstruck <laughs> um what are some of your favorite things about that i guess um when you see buffalo bill making his suit and he's just ass naked in the chair sewing mm-hmm. nothing funnier to me than just a grown grown <laughs> man who's ass naked also scary though yeah but it's funnier to me i don't okay. know just naked men are very funny to me 
Um, um, I also have to say I did I do like uh, the the bait and switch at the end where they make it seem as though the FBI is about to crack in, but Clarice is the one who's actually about to crack in on Buffalo yes, Bill. Yes, I liked that. They I, shot that very well. I think they shot it very well because they like. I think they shoot it very well because I'm like, oh, the FBI is for sure at the wrong house. And then they ring the doorbell and he goes, uh, because the doorbell rang. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess they're there. And then when he goes and opens the door and it's her, and I was like, oh, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything in the end is so tense and creepy, too. Like, she goes to that house of the one that got murdered and she finds those little nudes in that little, like, music box or whatever. Mm-hmm. She goes to that other room and she's looking outside and she's watching the dad just, like, chop wood or whatever. And then she, like, goes and talks to her friend at, like, a Woolsworth or whatever where she works at the fucking cabin. And she's like, is there any reason why there'd be a guy she doesn't talk tell you about? Like, there's something so unsettling about all of it. It feels like she's just inches away, you know? Yeah. You feel it in your gut. You're like, she's close. This is something weird here. When when she calls the FBI, she's like, I I think I know where he might be. And they're like, oh, no, we know where he is. We're on our way there right now. She's like, okay. And then she's like, no, no, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to go where I think he is. And I love when she gets there and she's in the basement and she finds the girl in the well. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'll be right back. And from then on, the girl in the well is at the bottom of the well. Screaming she's like, like, what the fuck? No, no you no, fucking no. won't. <laughs> no, no, no. Come and get back. Come back yeah. here right now. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, one of my favorite touches in this whole movie is when, like, Buffalo Bill is starting to catch on to, like, she's might be here because she suspects me. And he starts uncontrollably laughing. That's such a great, like, um, what do you call that? Uh, behavioral studies, like, um, when you read people's body language. It's such a body, great, like, body language to, like, thing. Because, uh, like, when you're that nervous or whatever, uh, under that amount of stress, like, it affects everybody a little differently. Like, for example, one of my favorite videos on the internet, I don't mean favorite is I'm like, oh, boy, but, like, it's just so fascinating, is there's that one where uh, there's a guy, and he looks like he collects swords and also likes heavy metal, and uh, someone murdered his hot neighbor across the hall in his apartment complex he did it spoilers but nobody knew that at the time and the news is interviewing him and they're like what do you think about the fact that they found a body around the corner prior to this he had just been like oh yeah i saw her all the time she's always going on runs yada yada and they're like what about the body they found and he goes body and they're like yeah you know they found a couple parts here pop parts there and he's like and they're like do, do you need to do you need to sit down and he's like yeah i need i need to sit down for a minute and then, like, I've even seen, like, the police, like, interrogation, the four-hour interrogation that happens after he gets, like, arrested. And it, it's being anal- analyzed by somebody, but, like, he even, like, plays it at double speed at one point. Or, like, more than double speed because it's four hours. He condenses it down to, like, you know, a couple minutes. Over the course of those four minutes, if you play it, it's literally just him moving his head. His whole body is stiff the whole time. But anyways, so there's the point where, like, uh, Buffalo Bill uh, is in the house, and she's like, oh, do you have a card where maybe I could reach the yeah. lady who's or whatever? And he's like, do you... <laughs> Do you have any, like, idea who, like, maybe it could be or whatever? Yeah. And she's like, uh, yeah, actually, I think we might have a couple of suspects before pulling the gun. And then he does the thing where he drops the cards and turns the corner. There used to be a serial killer here in Michigan, actually. Well, don't tell me this. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Uh, he's in jail. I'm kidding. I, I know there's serial killers all around. Uh, uh, the Backpages Murderer. It's a website called Backpages, which was, like, I think Craigslist, but, like, you could get sex workers and stuff on there. Um, and yeah, there's a guy just meeting people up on there and murdering them. And he worked at my first job. Like, oh yeah, just m- before, right? Months before I worked there. Yeah. yeah. People at work were telling me about it and they're like, yeah, we were like in the break room watching the news and a story came on of a guy tying his dog to the back of his truck and then driving down like the highway with it. 
And that guy was just laughing and laughing and laughing. We're like, bro, that's really fucked up. And he's yeah. like, oh, that's hilarious. And then we're in the lunchroom another time. And they were talking about the back page murders. Murders on the news. And talking about how they found a body or something like that. And he very quietly went, they didn't find nobody. And that was, it was jinkies. Jinkies, right? Wow. Yeah. So they're, they're your neighbors, is what I'm saying. God, imagine if you found out it was just your, your grandpa. <laughs> you know? I don't I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I think about the... Like, I remember watching something about, like, the BTK killer. Mm-hmm. Who is just, like, a very normal family... Not normal, but like a seemingly very normal family man. And, like, got arrested when his daughter was, like, I don't know, like, 20 or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, just imagine your dad, your entire life has also just been... Just murdering. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series. It's uh, very briefly in the beginning, there's sort of like a cold open segue type deal where like this guy just like makes the Joker late for something or something like that. And the Joker chews him out and he's like, you owe me now. He's like, I'm going to call on you like Godfather style basically. And then it feels like at least the bulk of the episode is him like going into witness protection, 10 years passing, him marrying someone, having some kids, and like living in a new town. But he just keeps looking over his shoulder because he's always so worried that like the Joker is going to come after him, you know, after he's, he's wronging the Joker like this. And then eventually the Joker does come after him. But like they just do such a good job of that tension the whole time of like how scared this guy is and like how cautious and like trying to. Anyways, um, on the topic of moidering. Moida? Doing some moidas. Um. Yeah, otherwise, uh, the movie wraps up with uh, Buffalo Bill does become apprehended. Clarice gets some... Uh... No, he gets shot to them. Does he really? Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Clarice uh, then gets her uh, New Hope medals. She and does. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> um, new haircut. Anthony Hopkins calls from Belize or whatever. And <laughs> Haircut's a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, don't bother trying to trace this call, Clarish. Just saying, what up, though? Bye. And then he walks away with his bangs. And he's following somebody, I think. Oh, yeah, he says, I'm going to have an old friend for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's over. I yeah, love it. I thought it was over. great. Give it an eight. Yeah. I'm giving it a nice nine. I think this is uh oh, I always forget we do letters. Eight is like a B, straight B. Yeah, I give it a B plus. Uh, I'm gonna go just a straight A. Okay, that's respectable. Yeah, just a straight A on this piece. Closing remarks. Let me see if I can't drum anything up. I like all the silence of the like the literal silence of the lamb story and stuff like that of her dreams and stuff like that. Yeah, can't remember any of it verbatim, but can't remember any of it verbatim, but I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I got it for you. I got it right uh, for you. Uh. You know, she's like, oh, you know, then you went to go live on a farm with, like, your uncle or something like that. And he's like, what happened then? And she's like, I don't know. I only lived there for, like, a couple months. He's like, why only a couple of months? And she's like, because I ran away. And he's like, why did you run away? And she's like, because one morning I heard the screaming. And I woke up and I went to the barn. And all the sheep, they're screaming because my uncle was about to slaughter him whatever. And I was freaking out. So I grabbed one of the lambs. And I just ran as far away as I could. And it was so cold. It was so cold. So cold. And then eventually one of the rangers picked me up. And my uncle was so mad that he sent me off to live with an all-girls school or something like that. Yeah, that, that's like basically what the story is. You know what's better than that movie? What? Your Jodie Foster impression, Chris. That was incredible. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm blown away over here. Speaking of Morda, did you see what they did to our boy Texas Chainsaw Massacre? 
What a wild movie that was. That was a fever dream. A fever dream. Mail time. Texas Chainsaw 2022. Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. You got it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, parentheses, 2022, end parentheses. Bad movie. Two out of ten. Chris, what'd you think of Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I think Fever Dream gets it, uh, the point across, uh, the best. It seems, um, quite substantially like, uh, it felt like what it must be like, um, when you are a teacher and you got this, like, kid and, uh, he's, like, real clever and he likes cool stuff and you like him. Um, and he just doesn't seem to apply himself. And, yeah. you, and you, you give like an assignment, like, oh, write this paper, right? And then you get their paper, and you're looking at it, and you're like, I know you're capable of great things, and yet you just handed me a D paper. Why would you do this? Now, I'm not saying that, like, anybody who worked on this movie is the kid. In this, uh, the, the, the source material is the kid. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has so much potential. It's a great, beautiful thing that Toby Hooper did. And then for some reason... Every couple of years. Very frequently. I think we counted out. I think it's something like seven different remakes, sequel to remake, requels, have been made since like 2003. Every couple of years, they're just like, hey, why don't we fucking just, I don't know, take two months to fuck off. And like, I think this movie was shot in like Belarus or something like that. You could look it up. But like, they shot it for like a month in like Bulgaria or something. It's just one of those things where it's like, why don't we just go on vacation? And I guess we could like slap together a little like piece of shit. Like, what is this movie? Yeah, what is this movie? It's a, it, like I think the thing about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it's just tone. Yeah. You know? It's vibes, as yeah. we keep saying. Um, it looks hot, it looks stinky, it kinda looks like a like it's got that grime, it almost looks like breaking bad. Yeah, it's just got a smell southwest to it. thing. You start off with that crawl. I think they have the same narrator doing it, but like in the first one it's like in the summer of August, 1972, two, three teens went missing in the south of Texas. Like, it really is just like, I don't know. Like, I remember hearing <laughs> James Ralph from Cinemassacre quote the guy from American Movie, because I've never seen American Movie, when talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, quote, it, it's like something you'd see in science class. And I don't mean that in the sense, I don't think he even means it in the sense that it's like, it seems like a biology lesson or something like that, but like, it just seems like taxidermy. It's just gross yeah it you know, really it's does like, it's it has like a weird like waxy dead skin feel or like when you're asked to dissect a frog in science yeah. class or something it's like gross yeah, yeah, yeah. you just don't want to look at it this movie has no tone or personality yeah. whatsoever um, like before we even get into that real quick can we just talk like i'm literally about to i'm gonna wipe my mouth because i'm drooling that scene where like that kid walks into the thing he's like hello anybody here hello hello and then that door opens it's fucking the like most vibrant bright red i've ever seen leatherface takes one step in donks him on the head yeah and then it cuts back to her and she's like swinging on the swing of the porch swing and then the camera goes underneath the porch swing and like follows her as he walks in the house iconic that's like one of the top 10 movie scenes that i have just on play in my head all yeah. the time because it's like such a shocking and vibrant and perfect and well-timed and well-paced scene yeah it's i it's like you said it's well-timed and it's well-paced because fuck, we talked about this already in our. You want to just talk about this movie again? I, wish, about a good I really movie? wish. I, I, I wish we could. Well, yeah, that movie feels slow at the beginning, but it's not. Shit yeah. is constantly happening at the beginning of that movie. Yeah. But then when he donks him on the head, it's like, oh fuck, we're off. Yeah, that's like the midway point. That's like, here we go. 
Yeah, but you know. up, up up until then, you get the weird people at the gas station, and then you get the hitchhiker that they pick up, and that's crazy tense and stuff like that. And this, they're at a gas station, and people are like, mm, you millennials, you Gen Zers, gentrifying yeah. our neighborhood, which the most baffling part about this movie is just the, I guess, social commentary that yeah. is like a, a sticker that they slapped on top of the script. Yeah. These... Um, seemingly 19 to 22 year old <laughs> kids have bought the town that texas chainsaw massacre happened in and now they're trying to show invest uh, investors who just all came on a bus because they're going to turn it into the new austin seven and a half hours away from austin in the middle yeah. of bum fuck nowhere this is a town where three people live and one of them is leatherface yeah one of them's leatherface one of them's, one of them's a mom, mechanic <laughs> and one of them's a mechanic hey whose car is he fixing his i guess yeah uh, oh i guess the sheriffs are also there yeah. So five people. But like, I think people just live on like the outskirts because like this downtown area is abandoned. Oh yeah, it's so abandoned. There's still a Civil War flag outside. The yeah. Confederate flag. Well. Um, well. <laughs> it's on. It's on the only not abandoned building. Um, but they go. They go there to check the place out that they have already bought. I yeah. guess. Must have been a good deal then. Must have been a great deal. They show up in their Tesla, and they're looking around. And they're like, oh, fuck, an old lady still lives at this orphanage. We got to get her out of here because what's that? Oh, the bus of investors are here. <laughs> so you're telling me you, A, bought this place, and B, are showing invited, invited investors yeah. mm, investors here to see it without seeing it for yourself, yeah. any of you? Yeah. And it, I don't mean to sound... Uh like a jackass or like that but like it like that series of events those beats like back to back to back almost play out like as if you had asked a child or an ai (laughs) or an ai or even maybe someone who's not familiar with the the financial process of any of this maybe even someone who's from another uh country and is just guessing at how things must work in america or something like um not to say that like whatever but it, it just seems like whoever's writing that just has no because like i don't know how any of that would work but i would look it up rather than just write what yeah. was written there because it's, it's just clear to me that whoever wrote that like that's not how any of that goes right i just feel like that's not how any of that goes yeah and they had like, they have a party later yeah they're at the town with music and stuff like that don't get me wrong it feels very like quick and loans yeah but it's for just... what there's no like payoff because like for example in the in the original um you get a little a lot of commentary about like how industrialization is like putting human beings out of work. It's yeah. like the dusty roads thing where he's like a computer uh, took your job, brother. It's that kind of a thing, um, and that works, works pretty well. Yeah, this one is just a weird like, yeah, forty five year old on Facebook like. <laughs> cucking the libtards kind of like hey oh, yeah when i look at this uh, so, oh no it's the old lady she's like well when i look at that flag you gotta tell your negro friend i don't i don't think about uh you know uh people owning other human beings and 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 and, and raping uh people and and and, 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 and mutilating them on the back with you know killing them I, all i think about is my grandpappy yeah she's i think she says her great great grandfather owned this flag <laughs> which means he owned it while fighting to keep slavery alive he owned um, it and also people <laughs> yeah probably no definitely um but i'm i'm sorry i just can't get sorry over yeah it. go ahead no, no. the investors show up and they're like the investors are like oh this looks pretty good and they're like yeah we can slap some coats a few coats of paint on here and they're like no nah, we love how rustic it looks and it feels like it has history because oh they're coming to gentrify the neighborhood 
and they sell all these places and everyone's like this is great we're gonna buy all these places and we're gonna buy a comic book shop here and this will be the barber and this will be a restaurant this will be a movie theater nobody lives here <laughs> there are nobody there are no people yeah to come visit these yeah. stores that they're buying yeah it it, it I, and then also the youngest one who is just there to tag along with her sister who is seemingly six months older Don't than Don't even her. mention the what happened to her at school yet because I have to talk about gentrification real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm isn't go- there supposed to be a draw first? Like usually in my like, from my understanding of how gentrification works is usually it it, 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 it it usually is like – it's not exclusive to cities, but that's where the big problem is. Yeah. It's because uh, rent continues to rise everywhere. And as rent rises, eventually there becomes areas that are sort of like racially segregated, right? Um, Here in Detroit, uh, kind of an example right now would be like Hamtramck. There's a lot of foreigners, and all of my young white friends are moving there in droves because uh, it's it's a very cheap place to live. And it's got history, and it's got interesting, you know, ethnic cuisine and stuff like that. But now they've legitimately, in a sense, begun the gentrification yeah. process unintentionally. Now, it's very expensive to live in Hamtramck. And guess what? I think they're starting to build some, uh, you know, like apartments and stuff like that. And that's kind of how gentrification usually works. And the the reason why gentrification is bad is because, again, it primarily affects racial minorities. Yeah. And further pushes them out and pushes exactly. them closer together. And so, yes, you can gentrify an old west town, I guess. Yeah, but I think the big thing about it, though, is... Nobody lives there. <laughs> you gentrify a neighborhood that has places where people live. Yeah. Instead of an abandoned main street, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah, can you gentrify a, a place that's... In a sense, it's almost like... Ah, whatever. Fuck it. So, go on about the little sister. Who is the same age, as far as I'm looking? I can't tell. She seems like maybe a couple years younger. Maybe. They all... She takes care of All these of people it? look crazy young. But I'm not, I'm not trying to be a stickler, but why did she come? Like, I wish they would have said something like, oh, yeah, you don't got parents, so you had to come. Yeah, I guess their parents are dead. But, but it's never said. It's never said. And the little sister has survived a school shirt shooting. Unintentionally necessary. Did but don't worry, there. it doesn't come back. Oh, I'm sorry. It comes back constantly. But what I mean is, don't worry, it doesn't pay off. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They just keep showing flashbacks of her laying on the floor of the hallway of the school, which yeah. every time they show it, she's in a different spot in the hallway. Yeah. Um, also weird that she's the one who survived the school shooting and then she has that weird romantic moment with the mechanic where she like likes holding the AR-15 yeah is that the character you want to have that likes the AR-15 she, he, I think she likes him because she holds the AR-15 and then puts it down and goes sorry I have PTSD I was in a school shooting and he's like oh I'm very sorry to hear that and then she's like let's smoke cigarettes and have sex <laughs> you think they had sex? No, I don't think okay. they did. Um, he was sitting on his bed. I think they were about to, and then the sister came yeah. in. Oh, okay. So also the old lady who loves the Confederate flag. That's her favorite thing. Mm-hmm. She has like a heart attack, and then Leatherface she, is upstairs. She owns the orphanage. They go there and go, hey. <sighs> they go, you don't own this place anymore. You have to leave. And she goes, oh, no, I worked that all out with the bank. I still live here. And they go, well, do you have a deed that you could show us? And she goes, I don't need to show you that. And they go, yeah, because you don't have one. That's why you won't show it to us. The cops show up and go, we talked about this. You don't live here anymore. You need to leave. And you find out later, that's not true. She had the deed. She still lived there. Because there's a crazy switch that happens. Beforehand, they're like, fuck you, lady, and fuck this town. We're about to be millionaires. And then as soon as the lady has a heart attack, the curly-haired girl goes, (gasps) 
what have we done? I'm about to be sick. I can't believe we're gentrifying. Oh, I can't I can't sit right with the gentrifying we're doing. I gotta go to the hospital with her. And then her yeah. friend goes, You stay here, I'll go to the hospital with her. Yeah. Which honestly, no. None of you needed to go to the no. hospital with her. Especially when Daddy Leatherface is in the front seat or whatever, or the back seat with mama. Oh also another just baffling part of this movie. Is this Are they friends? Is this Leatherface? Is this the Leatherface, or is this a different Leatherface? I don't know because they keep showing picture a picture that's in the orphanage. Yeah. From 1975. Yeah. A year after the first one came out, where so was a, this what he's supposed to do after that movie? Though? I think so. Because it's like a requill. But how do you get here? How do you meet old lady? Or- oh, we also missed the post credit scene. Post? There's a post credit scene. It's just him walking to the house from the first movie. Do you want to watch it real quick? Yeah. Okay. I guess. Uh, dumb. So, okay, I guess after that one, she gets away and he goes to an orphanage because his parents are dead, I guess, technically. Yeah. Are they? Which so, is too bad because that's a big part of the Leatherface thing. It's what's interesting about each killer, right? Like, let's just talk about that for a second. Freddy, it's obviously, he's a little, you know, like he does quips and stuff. He's funny. You know, he's like, he like, it's you're in a dream and he's wearing like the Nintendo Power Glove and then he presses a button and someone explodes and he goes, no, I'm playing with power, bitch, you know? Great, love him. Yeah, but then you take that away, and what is he? Boring, right? I. It's the same thing with yeah. uh, this guy here. Not necessarily the, but the, but the family is also with. It's like because it's a family of psychos. Yeah. It's like he's like this mindless. I think he's supposed to be mentally deficient, and his dad and his brothers are the ones that are like, "Come on, get her, Leatherface, get her." You yeah. Know? Like, uh, yeah. He they like get away from. She gets away from Leatherface in the first one, and then goes to the cop. Uh-oh, the cop's his dad. Yeah. And they bring him to the house, and she's just in this house full of insane people. Cannibals, yeah. Cannibals. And in this one, Leatherface is, which I think this is the biggest problem with any of these slasher movies, is Jason Voorhees. Yeah. He's and Jason, become Halloween 2018. Um, like, it's, yeah, he's just an unstoppable killing machine. So many people in this movie get What? Sh- mean, uh, what? It's the same thing. Michael Myers is just in a place, not killing anybody. He's fine. Until someone comes to him. Same thing happens in this movie. Leatherface, just fine. He's hanging out upstairs. He's not eating people. He's an old man. Michael Myers is in a prison. And <laughs> he's locked up. And then he a bus crashes. And he goes, now's yeah. my time to shine. <laughs> in this one, he's docile and fine. And then mom has a heart attack. And mm-hmm. he cuts her face off. Yeah. And starts killing people. But then becomes an unstoppable killing machine. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is a this is a really shallow attempt to try to capitalize on that. Oh that yeah, no, basically. absolutely. They have the Jamie Lee Curtis character who isn't even the same actress from the first one. Yeah, who rest does, in peace. She died in twenty fourteen. I heard. Uh, does nothing in this movie. Yeah, she's like some built up to be this like badass, and then like she's like, "Don't worry, I'll." <clears throat> And get stabbed, like, in the middle yeah, of saying, I'll she, save you. She gets run through with a chainsaw almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people in this movie get hit with a axe or a chainsaw or shot point blank with a gun and then two minutes later get up and do something else yeah um this movie's very violent yeah there are a couple of scenes that did get me like first of all when he snaps that guy's wrist i was like oh shit yeah that was pretty heavy so i will say there are a couple of scenes where i was like damn okay that's fucked but not a good movie uh do you remember when they're at the orphanage and curly hair girls hiding underneath the bed and he's up there, Leatherface is thrown a fit. 
and he takes off a picture from behind the bed and starts hammering at the wall yes. and pulls out a chainsaw from yeah. the wall. When and why? Explain any of that to me. I was asking you. Yeah. Why would you keep a chainsaw when, on the wall? Yeah, when was it put into the wall? Why was it put into the wall? You know what I mean? Yeah, it takes a lot of work to put something in a wall. Yeah. Um, and why would you put it in the wall? Yeah. Is it it's the, just a chainsaw. Is it the same chainsaw? He could have got the, cha- the chainsaw. He could have got the chainsaw from a shit in the back. That would be yeah. cooler. I was just gonna say that. Um, just. That's like one of the big set pieces of this movie. They spend a lot of time with that girl under the bed, while the other face is just stomping around. And it's supposed to be tense, but after a while, I'm just like, "This is gonna be what most of the movie is." is yeah, her I, I, bed. I, I think I said it while we we're watching it. I was like, "Is she gonna spend this whole movie under this bed?" Because I really hope she does. Yeah, it's like kind of like a it's like a it's like a replacement for the dinner scene in the first movie, and there's a clear winner there in a sense. Yeah. Like, that's what takes up a lot of the third act. When, like, shit starts going down is, like, her being just in that house. Also, there's no char- main character in this movie, which really bothers me. Um, I do like I do like when she gets, finally out, gets out from under the bed. And she's, like, trying to sneak out, but the floors are squeaky. So she jumps over the banister and lands on the stairs very quietly. And she looks up and Leatherface is there. And he throws a hammer at her. And launches her four feet back and yeah, Thor the style. Floor. Yeah, and through the floor. <laughs> it's like a Thor moment. Yeah, and then she's crawling underneath the floor, the floorboards, and you get like a reverse Jaws moment where she's crawling, reverse and like the chainsaw comes through the ground and is like chasing after her, and she's almost about to get out, and then the chainsaw cuts a pipe, the septic tank pipe, and just a bunch of poop falls on her. Very funny. Yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. That was a weird scene, though. Um, like the poop part specifically. Yeah yeah it's a weird call um um so just to backtrack for a moment on the topic of just weird things that seem out of place um again mainly just because your character is a certain way um i guess he's older now so that guess that makes sense but it's just it's boring to piggyback off your jason Voorhees thing it's boring to see leatherface not leatherface like when i think of leatherface i think like frantic nervous neurotic making weird moaning noises yeah you know like you know like he's like worried he's like trying to fix everything he almost seems like uh like he's been abused or something like oh my god dad's gonna come home he's gonna be pissed if i don't have this girl you know skinned already and on the table you know or 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 like a wife who's abused or something you know he's got this quality to him where he's like oh no oh no oh no this is wrong i gotta gotta set it right you know um and instead he's just yeah lumbering sort of stoic ish yeah just also how old is he too old (laughs) He's got to be like 80 or 90 years old. Yeah. Because I'm going to guess he's like 30 yeah. in the first one. Um, and yeah, uh, sorry, just I immediately went away from your point just to go back to it. But yeah, in the first one, he seems to have motivation for doing what he's doing. In this one, mom's dead, so he's angry. Yeah. And then walks around being unstoppable. Um, I... I kind of don't even remember how they get him at the end. No, they don't get him. We'll get to that in a second. But the thing in the pool, do they shoot him into there? I wasn't paying attention that much. By that um, point, I was fucking checking out. I think they chainsaw him at one point. But anyways, there are some other kind of gross scenes. Like there's that scene where he fucking hits the mechanic on the kneecap with the mallet and yeah. it fucking bends backwards. Mm-hmm. Hated that. And then he hits him in the head over and over again until his head explodes. Yeah, that was gnarly That shit always shit. gets me. I hate in a movie when they remind me that my head is basically a watermelon. Yeah. Like it just exploded at, at, at a moment's notice. My head yeah. could just explode. Um, that was gnarly. And then there's that scene where he like 
kind of puts the keys by her, which again, I don't know. I feel like Leatherface would be like, why would he do that? I'm going to check under the bed. Um, and then she picks up the keys because she's like, I'm not making enough noise <laughs> to quote you <laughs> before fucking around in the house a little while longer. Um, but yeah, let's go outside. What happens then? I mean, like what happens next? Legitimately? She, uh, he kills their friend. Oh, right. Downstairs. Yeah. And then he gets up later and his, like, it's whole, raining. Yeah. His whole jaw is like off cause he cut him through the mouth. Yeah. That shit got me. That was pretty gross. Um, other friend doesn't die. Everybody's on the party bus. Everyone's on the party bus. Oh, he gets onto the party bus. Yeah. That was maybe my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, it had big, like, uh, Halloween Kills vibes, I felt yeah, like. That's, like, bad. the only thing that was, like... Yeah, but at least it, like, stood out to the rest of the movie, in a sense. Yeah, it like, starts... At least it was something. Like, that'll probably be, like, the one thing I remember. It starts off... Other than the fact that, uh, to quote a review I read, I don't know where, because I was reading a couple, um, which is uncharacteristic of, like, what I do before we do these podcasts. Um, but it was good for a laugh. Uh, someone had mentioned, I wish I remember what name, that basically with his mask, he looks like Peter Boyle. <laughs> yeah, the mask sucks in this. Mask the, sucks ass. In the old one, it looked like a mask made out of a bunch of... People's faces. People's faces. In this one, it looks like the movie version of someone wearing a face mask. Yeah. It looks like a very uninspired way that you would adapt a, mo- a yeah. novel character. Um, but I love when he gets on the bus... And everyone pulls out their phones, and some guy goes, we're going to get you canceled, or some dumb shit like that. And then he murders everybody on the bus. And it's so graphic. Um, and it just had me smiling from ear to ear. Cause yeah. like, ah, if this movie was going to be this movie, it should have been this movie from the start until the end. And the very end, like last shot of this movie, is that. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a second. Um woman who, uh, from the first movie finds mom without a face that was pretty gnarly mm-hmm. um and then yeah she goes there she finds a girl she goes get in the truck i'll go get him and she goes upstairs to get him and she goes i've been waiting well she also says some weird shit she says something like you guys are the ones you're after I, you guys can't leave until i finish my business or something yeah and she's like i'm gonna end this and she finds him and goes i've been waiting 40 years you killed all my friends. Oh, yeah, and then she goes, say my name. I just want to know that you know what my name is. And, yeah, he doesn't because I don't think he can. I don't think he can talk. He can talk or ever so, learn Side note name. for a second, I think it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I could be wrong. But there is one where he's sitting around fucking with a speaking spell. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps typing in meat for some reason into the That's, speaking spell. I love that. Yeah. And do you have anything else besides the end of this movie? Then That's... she gets chainsawed. Um, oh, and she gets chainsawed. There's one time where they try to pay off something they've planted before. One time. Is it the school shooting subplot? No. Mm-mm. Is it anything to do with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise? Any of the lore that's built for this? No. No. Instead, it's that the main character, as a goof, buys a corkscrew that has a plastic uh, chainsaw on the top of it from the guy in the beginning who calls them fucking millennials or whatever and genderfiers. And then when they're on the bus and they need to escape, she pulls that out and stabs him in the arm with it, and that's how she escapes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that's that. That's the only seed planted that blooms. Yeah. Um... And then they fight off, you know, Leatherface, classic fashion. And this uh, movie uh, seems to end with a happy ending where the car that they showed up in is just on the main strip. I don't remember ever seeing it. It, Like, they got there in the car, and then the rest of the movie, I didn't know where the car went. Who had the car keys? Who was, you know what I mean? Like, 
Like, why oh. is that what the mechanic gave him? Did the mechanic give her their car? Yes. Was he working on their car? Because the mechanic took their keys because he goes, I heard that old woman died. Find me a deed, the deed that you have to her house, and I'll give you these keys back. Because oh, if not, okay. you killed this old lady. Oh, I don't even remember that. Okay. Look which is that. Buckwild. That's why yeah. they go back to the orphanage is because they're looking for the deed, which they find. Yeah. Which is, going back to what I was saying earlier, why were the cops all up on her ass like, oh, yeah. you don't live here anymore? Because she definitely did. Um, and they get in the Tesla and say, Tesla, drive us home. And the Tesla starts auto-driving home. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm actually really mad about this. And the sister goes, you know what? I changed my mind. I would like to live here. And curly-haired sister goes, oh, you're the worst. And then, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie, Leatherface shows up next to the car, rips curly hair sister out of the car. Uh, school shooting sister pops up through the moonroof and goes, no, no. And he cuts her head off. And the movie's over. In a moment that reminds me a lot of the ending of the first Friday the 13th where the little boy jumps out on her in the boat. Yeah, yeah. She, she thinks she's safe. But the reason why I hate it is, okay, so the gentrification thing, all that is supposed to be like a 2022 take on what the first movie did, which was a commentary on capitalism and industrialization. Yeah. And the end, I just realized is them trying to redo the end of the original one. Mm -hmm. In the original one, she's in the back of the truck, and she's going, no, no, no. And she can do that because someone else is driving. Now she's in the Tesla that drives itself, and that's why she can look back and go, no, 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 as it drives away. No, I, uh, I in the like original it. one, she's in the truck, and she's not going, no, no, no. She's laughing hysterically because oh, yeah, she's yeah, getting yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's furious and doesn't know what to do. So he's yeah. just angry. Interpretive going, dancing. Yeah, just going, because <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. And he's just yeah. boiling with anger because mm. she's getting away. Yeah. In this one, he cuts her head off and goes, ah, look, look at it. And she's leaving and she's going, no. And then he goes, all right, anyway, <laughs> just into the air. Yeah. And when we get the end credits, which rip. Oh, yeah, the end credits. Yeah, we're pretty cool. Best part of this movie. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, very yeah. cool that it was over as well. I just felt like this was so off. Yeah. I heard someone, a brief review on Twitter where someone was like, why is everybody shitting on this movie? It's a slasher movie. It's giving you everything you want. Don't judge these things too hard. And I, I think me and you both, I spent a lot of hours on this podcast just vehemently disagreeing with that. <laughs> I think slasher movies yeah. can be very, very, very good if they're They can well. be. Yeah. yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a great example. Scream is a great example. Halloween's a great example. Um, and then there are some okay examples, but uh, like I even think Nightmare on Elm Street is a decent example before you even get to okay. Um, I think it's very imaginative. It's very neat, the idea of this guy who can kill you in your dreams. Uh, and then once you get to the okay territory, you've got, like, the first Friday the 13th. I think that's very okay. And then you have the stuff that's fun, even though it's bad. Yeah. And a lot of sequels fall in that in that, in that, in that category. Halloween 2, a lot of the Friday the 13th, like, maybe 4, 2, 3, 4, um, maybe 5, 6. But then, like, you get into, like, it's just bad. And in my opinion, 4, 5, 6, Halloween. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, uh, well, not really nine. Jason goes to hell's all right, but you know, later, later, later half. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth sequels. Um, a lot of the Scream sequels, you know. And so yeah, yeah. Um, that's just me giving a brief rundown of what you're talking about, which is like, no, I don't really think it's just a the slasher thing, because like, there's a clear, in my opinion, difference between like giving you just what you want. Black Christmas gives you just what you want. There's like nothing else there. That's just bare bones. People getting killed and it's spooky. 
Yeah. This is a movie that does not do what... If that's my opinion of what a baseline slasher is, there's no subplot, there's no interesting characters, there's just people getting killed in a house. This is not even at that level. <laughs> I mean... Because they're trying to do more. Yeah. That's the thing. I think... Don't try to do more. Yeah. If you're going to laugh to the bank, fucking laugh to the bank. I mean, I think... My thing is, Black Christmas, I kind of agree with you, but also at the same time, there's interesting characters in Black Christmas, and the killer yeah, is interesting. Yeah, they do, do cute things with, like, the yeah, alcoholic uh, There's, like, the switcheroo mother. and, like, the the bits we were going on about when we yeah. watched it were, like, you know. But they're not trying to do too much is what my point is being. Like, exactly. They're not trying to, like, make a commentary about gentrification or, like, millennials, and they're not trying to make a comment about, like, social, like school yeah. shootings. They're doing just bare bones, very little bit, but what they're doing, they're doing good. Yeah. There's stuff that is in that movie that if I saw in another movie, I'd think this is very good. Mm-hmm. And I think that argument of, oh, it's just a slasher movie. They're giving you what you want doesn't work because if I think of a, a bad slasher movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a Jason X, for example. Awful. Bad movie. Fun. I have fun watching <laughs> Jason X. I go, oh, wow, this is wacky and fun. They're, I am nothing but bored during the new Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. I don't give a shit about any of it. Yeah. None of it makes sense. None of it's good. Poo-poo, doo-doo, <laughs> bad movie. It takes itself way too seriously is another thing, too. When yeah. you're talking about fun, like, Jason X is fun because it's not trying to be serious. It's Jason, it's Jason in, space. in space. You can't take it seriously. Um, yeah, I think that's a mistake that um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has made for a long time is uh, they're always trying to play itself straight. And at the same time, not focusing on their strengths. Uh, this is an F for me. Oh, this is absolutely an F. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Yeah, I'd like to watch that really bad. It's very fun. Like I said, the thing about it is like I don't necessarily know if you'll think it is, and I don't want to like hype it up too much going in your brain. But in my mind, it literally predates Evil Dead 2 and does the black comedy sequel thing, which is like a soft remake of the original everything you've told me about it so weird it seems so beat ass i want to see it so bad yeah like the opening is so weird it opens with two college students shooting guns out of their car at night as they drive down the the road and they're calling into a radio station to flirt with the lady disc jockey and then a car with like a skeleton standing outside and leatherface he has the skeleton strapped to the front of his body and he's with a chainsaw and then he chainsaws the guy's head like in half (laughs) I don't know, it's crazy. I love I want yeah. to see it tonight. Yeah. yeah, he's like hiding behind the it's wild. As far as I'm concerned, that's that mattress man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 